I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Happy Mama Movement podcast. I'm Amy Taylor-Kabaz. I would like to start by acknowledging the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation on which this podcast is recorded as the traditional custodians of this land and pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. And as this podcast is dedicated to the wisdom and knowledge of motherhood, I would like to acknowledge the mothers of this land, the elders, their wisdom, their knowing, and my own elders and teachers. Welcome mamas. Today, I'm starting this podcast a little differently than I usually would. Usually, I record the interview and I come back later when it's all nice and quiet and I've gathered my thoughts and I'm clear on what I want to say about this podcast interview. And I record that separately. But tonight, I wanted to just press record as it is. I have my son in the background I have a puppy that we've had for two weeks and the reason I wanted to do this differently was because the conversation I'm about to have with the beautiful Samantha who you're about to meet is all about the balance between this beautiful new version of ourselves that has been birthed through matrescence and the reality of where we are with motherhood. So Disclaimer right from the beginning, you're going to hear little noises in the background. My son is playing his Xbox and you'll hear the little click, 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 clicks. And you'll hear my puppy's little tinkling, um, you know, around his neck. I may have to be interrupted, whatever it is. And usually the old Amy, the ABC broadcaster, would have hated the quality of this audio, the background noise. But actually the conversation we're having here is exactly this. It's all about being real about what this looks like to be so passionate about something because of what you've experienced through motherhood and still being in the season of motherhood. So Sam, thank you. Thank you for coming and joining me in this chaos in my house right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's an honor to be here. Thank you, Amy. So, I think the best place for us to start is to explore how you came to hear about matrescence and what that awakened in you. Well, (laughs) Um, I first heard matrescence when my daughter was around six months old. My sister had sent me, I think it was my sister with the Mother Kind podcast and Alexandra Sachs was on it. It kind of was like, oh yeah. Incredible. That makes sense. I I have some understanding now. Up to that point, I had had very, very intense postnatal anxiety, extreme panic. Um, And even now, sometimes when I think about that time, it was a, I was, 
it was a really terrifying place sometimes. She was around 10 weeks old when the panic really set in. But I know the build-up to that were, were the contributors. So I had a traumatic birth. I won't go into that now. I had birth trauma. And then the adrenaline is already kicking in your body. Um, I did have that beautiful bubble when she was born, the oxytocin. I did feel that absolute joy and love for her and it was incredible. And then I was also very heightened, very, there was a lot of adrenaline and um, then the sleep deprivation kicked in. That was partly because I had a newborn, but partly because I was feeling anxious, I couldn't sleep and they just laid and laid and laid and obviously being hormonal. And this, this beautiful, beautiful baby, my daughter's called Luna, this little beautiful mass of dark hair arrived into the world. And the huge responsibility I felt for her, of course, as a mother, really, it almost slammed into me. It was this, whoa, oh my goodness, I am responsible for this baby. And knowing what I know now, that pressure is so intense now because it was once supposed to be shared amongst many, many, many of us in our villages by through allied parenting. And that is, you know, the mother's role is still key. But, you know, I, I felt so responsible for everything. And I just thought, how am I going to do a thing? How am I going to be a good mum for her? How do I do that? So I know that was that was really, I had this constant negative narrative in my head of you're, doing, you're a rubbish mum, you're a bad mum, you're lazy. Um, why aren't you more energetic? I mean, all the crazy, you know, I think about, about that now and, and how bullying that was. So I was a really, I was feeling very insecure, very hard on myself I thought there was something wrong with me I thought everybody I mean don't get me wrong I, I understood other people you know felt tired and and but I just felt I was there was something wrong with me that I was struggling more than anybody and, and there was I needed to do better and work harder um so by six months I actually did see a, a counsellor in that time and, and did help me with some CBT therapy and that helped me with my sleep and that did help me get on an even keel but it was very much I thought okay I'm feeling a bit better and then I'd kind of not regress back that's probably not the right word but kind of bouncing around between the two and just feeling really unsteady really isolated in my you know in my thoughts um I had a really supportive family so I kept thinking why can't I do this why am I finding it so hard I have a really supportive husband we're financially stable my family don't live too far away I have lovely friends and yeah, so it was all um, adding to that. So I heard the podcast um, by Alexandra, so I thought, yeah, God, this makes sense, and I'm saying to my friends. But then I felt like I kept slipping backwards. And when I say that, I kept feeling like I I understood about my trescence, but actually it didn't really sink in. And then fast forward yeah. to hearing you on, on the Motherkind podcast, and that was the beginning yeah. of 2020, that's right. So Luna would have been about 18 months by that point. And I heard you on there and I straight away bought your book and I just felt so seen by you. So seen, so validated. Um, and this isn't to disregard Alexandra Sachs at all because she is incredible and she has brought it into our consciousness as well. But just the way that you brought it into my consciousness was different. Hers was a lot more theoretical. The way that you described it, you said, I've got three kids and I still was finding it I didn't understand what was happening to me. And then when you said you found matrescence and I just thought, oh my goodness, 
I don't have to have it all figured out. My baby's 18 months old and I still don't have to have it all figured out. Amy's got three kids and it just was that, that personal story really, really pulled me in. So, and then it kind of all made sense. And things began to change. There's a few things that I want to pull out of here. First of all, I really want to acknowledge that intensity of those first few months and that sense of responsibility. Sam, it's really interesting. I was researching something for the new round of Mama Rising just last week, and there was a study out of, uh, I think it was Belgium in 2018 or something like that, that looked at burnout for mothers. And usually in previous years, in previous studies and experiences, This is it, we're gonna have noises in the background and we'll talk more about that in a moment. But in previous experiences and and research into motherhood burnout, it was attached to a difficult birth or a sick child or a problem at work or a marriage stress. And this revolutionary study in 2018 through Belgium showed that actually burnout in mothers comes from this deep sense of responsibility for this human being and the second main reason mothers feel burnout is because of the guilt they feel that they're not doing it right and when i saw that last week i thought that is the experience of every single mother i have spoken to over the last 10 years previously we used to put it on an outside experience it's because you had a bad birth it's because your marriage broke down it's because of the pandemic It's because of all of these things. And yeah, they're extra stresses. But what I loved about this research, it showed that there is an underlying ongoing pressure that we feel as modern mothers around the responsibility we feel for this little human on our own, even with a parent, even with a co-parent, even with grandparents, even with the great community, and the guilt we feel that we're not doing it right. How does that feel like when you think about that now? The first thing actually it made me feel, it made me feel emotional for that new mother that I was because I just think if, you know, and and for all the other mothers that feel that it makes me emotional because I think it doesn't have to be like this. Um, It's just, yeah, Yeah. sends shivers down my spine because I just think it doesn't need to be like this. And it's such a huge, huge life transition and we just don't honour it. And everything is put on the mother. And I just think once these things come into the consciousness these you know we have to have these studies don't we because the scientific world and academic world almost need to prove these things for people to to believe it right rather than believing the mothers okay we've got some scientists and and researchers telling us it must be true such a good point yes exactly ask any mother and they would have said that anyway but (laughs) it is that acknowledgement it's that acknowledgement isn't it that on its own, let alone traumatic births, let alone pandemics, let alone whatever else happens, modern motherhood in its isolation is depleting, it's anxiety inducing. And so when you began to understand that, when you began to see that what you've been through is not your fault, but instead the consequence in a way of the culture and society that we live in around motherhood, what began to change for you? 
it just enabled me to give myself number first of all the compassion that I needed to start on that journey of healing what's happened and to step forward because I felt like I was almost stuck in this cycle of blaming myself and bullying myself and criticizing myself um it made me realize that the inner critic you call the inner me mama really made me realize how loud that voice was and how how I'd always had it so it it made me so much more self-aware of what was the narrative in my head how that was affecting me on a day-to-day basis and how I don't have to listen to it it's not true don't get me wrong it's still a work in progress and there are you know I, I have come so far but the conditioning obviously is still there and I you know there are times when I do have to work a little bit harder just to remember that but those those times are less yeah. and they're less intense I can reach out and I have the language to talk about it which helps but yeah the self-compassion was such a huge part of that and then understanding and then that enabled me to connect with others because it it stopped me feeling so isolated once I once I realized that it wasn't just me so much shame the shame lifted and enabled me to connect with others better so that was the first steps and what I really would love to explore with you is that when we hear this description of what we've been experiencing when we finally get the word when we finally understand that it's not our fault and see the bigger picture I have seen this over and over and over again in the last few years of women who then train as mummarizing coaches like you did because there's something that activates in us that because we had such an intense experience and felt that it could have been different if we had done it differently, if we'd had known, if the people around me had known, if the system was different, I need to be a part of the change. Mm. And this is the thing I really want to explore with you because over and over and over again, the women who end up doing this work are the ones that have experienced the pain of it themselves. And so that's what happened with you, right? Sure, it's exactly that. Um, I... I... I was going to say, I think I have a stubbornness in me. I think if you ask my husband, he would say, you definitely have a stubbornness within you. Um, A stubbornness within me to not just accept something for what it is, because I didn't want to look back on this time with my daughter and and have regrets of of not doing my best. Um, That's the perfectionist within me and, and all of that. But... I wanted it to be the best experience that it could be. And I was kind of, it, I think it was almost an anger in there of like, I, I, and that was part yeah. of the fire in my belly if I want to change this. Um, and, and, and I don't want other mothers to go through this. Why, why are mothers going through this? And I think that we know that, you know, when, when we become even obviously matresses can start preconception or, or conception or, you know, obviously there's different, potentially different starting points but I just had I I can't remember who who said this but I really felt this I went from I and me to we and us and when I say that it was you know we are trained as young girls to you know especially in the school that I went to you know very academic and university and get your job and profession work really hard um, you've got to be independent, you've got to look after yourself. And then obviously motherhood is so such a different experience and I really, really felt that transition. Um, and 
just yeah lots of lots of philosophizing about things and just that real intensity to want to help other mothers I suppose almost that mama bear feeling for other mothers you know not just for my daughter but that kind of collective of wanting to put my arms around other mothers and I actually saw a mother yesterday in a cafe near to where I work and I work in the city of London so obviously it's quite kind of professional and kind of masculine and, and she was in a cafe with her baby and um just saw her face and I mean you know this is me surmising what she's feeling but I just looked at her and I just thought and her baby was very small and I just looked at her and I thought you look exactly how I used to feel um mm-hmm. and I didn't get the opportunity I, I normally I often try and sort of just say something like oh you're doing a great job or something just so they know that someone can see them their breastfeeding she was breastfeeding in the middle of a cafe and I just have this need to kind of hug I try not to hug random people but you know <laughs> embrace people yeah. Um, yeah, it just really lit that fire in me. And this is the this is why I really wanted to talk to you, because so often this is what I see and hear. And it was the same for me. Once I realised what had happened to me, I needed to go and do something about it. Mm. But there's also an element, don't you think, Sam, of what I've been through needs to have had purpose. Mm. Yeah, I think I think there's healing. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I think there's an element of healing in going through the motions of understanding what happened and then being activated to change it that helps us as women who have felt wronged in some way to make a peace with that. Like if I went through that, then there has to be a purpose from this. And that's been a big part of what I've seen women want to do with this work. You know, now I know I need to make sure others know too, which is a beautiful intention. Mm. Yes, I definitely would agree with that. The understanding of why I felt like that. And also, yes, like, why did, why did this happen? Why did I, Why did I feel this so intensely? Why couldn't it have been different and this um I, I you know I had an unrealistic expectation of what it would be like this floating around on a bubble of you know ah, you know oxytocin uh, shining lights <laughs> and everything yeah yeah exactly I thought it would be like that 24 7 and um I have made peace with that that part of my mothering journey and whilst yes of course an easier entrance into motherhood would have been lovely that wasn't my journey and and then that set me off on this road so yes I do um I do believe in that part of our stories and our experiences are there for a purpose and and Mm. are there to help one help others we need to tell our stories yeah but then it kicks into a business it kicks into something that um, is a drive and a passion and an ambition. And it kicks into something that instead of being for our own healing and our own activation and our own desire, it can at times feel like Well, I actually don't even know. I don't even want to say what it feels like. I would love for you to finish that sentence. Explain to us 
how this desire to be a part of the change evolved for you? Mm. Well, I don't know whether it's part of my personality as well um, or a combination of the two of the drive of the fire that this ignited in me. But I, <laughs> um, I have to, <laughs> when I take something on, I do it. Like I'm going to do it and I have to do it with intensity and so for me it wasn't just enough to to understand um about matrescence for myself and that filtering through to my friends and and kind of people in my community perhaps that i that i i see and come into contact with it was a, it's a drive in me to to want to do more because i'm like that's not enough that's not enough mothers that's not it's it's not going to have a big enough impact because we need to we have so far to go to change this and this is a something that you always say pain pushes vision pulls and I remember yes. when I felt that and I just could, I couldn't fight against it it was pulling me to do my business wherein that I could reach more mamas um and that led yeah. me to do my podcast and coaching and, and all of that but yeah it was it was it yeah a drive because it wasn't enough for me just to know and you know that's not saying if you don't want to do businesses it's you know it's just a personal thing but for me personally I was like ah, I want to scream it to everybody <laughs> no I actually want to take a moment and really acknowledge how common this is because it's like almost part of the rite of passage I think that we go through these really challenging times and we think it's our fault and then we realize that there's a whole thing we didn't know and in that knowing we forgive ourselves and then something is activated in us that says it should never have been like that I don't want to be a part of the change I mean Surely that's what the Dalai Lama meant when he said the world will be saved by the Western woman. In the sense of we as women and as mothers cannot experience something like this that we then realise can be different and do nothing. If we do nothing, nothing changes. So what I really want to celebrate in this podcast conversation with you is that activation in you and how that played out but then also the acknowledgement that right now in this season maybe I can't shout it to the whole world and that's okay and that's why you know I started the podcast with my kids in the background because it's the same with me on a daily basis I, I want to shout this to the world but also maybe I can only talk to one person about this tonight with my kids in the background. And I know that that's been a challenge, as it is for all of us women who, who want to do something, who have a plan and a vision and a desire, and yet we're still in the trenches of motherhood we're still in the season of healing ourselves. We're still here doing the work for ourselves. So how have you come to peace with that? And perhaps talk us through how you decided 
to slow down. So my business, Mothershood, I have a podcast that I launched um, back in May. But just to supplement this, I have a I, I work at, have a corporate job as well that I work three days a week, um, and I also <laughs> of course you do. My daughter <laughs> um, did did you know did lots of work on the way. Had have I've got lots of support for all of it, and. I have recently had to step away from that for a, a question mark. I don't know how long because I was getting burnt out from that and I just couldn't sustain what what I was doing, putting, you know, it, it's it's not just the physical aspects of it at the time, it's the mental capacity and I just don't have it. And celebrating my decision, I would have to say that my husband did have to kind of helped me along that way which I've you know I'm truly grateful to him for because um that was I know that was a difficult conversation for him to approach because he knows how passionate I am about it and how much I've put into this but uh, this is a change in my mindset of how I used to be um once upon a time it would have been I've failed why why couldn't I try harder be more mm-hmm. but where well, I don't know whether it's that I have less capacity now or a less additional capacity now because I'm a mother I have a you know I have a job or whether it's because I'm more self-aware of my own limits and I push through them less perhaps a combination of the two I don't know but my body fairly quickly tells me don't always listen to it straight away but my body fairly quickly tells me when there's overwhelming yeah and there was anxiety bubbling away and just sleep being affected and you know just I can just tell by my thought processes so yeah for now for me I couldn't give any more to it. I couldn't, um, and I was. It was pulling me out of alignment with my values, with my daughter, mm-hmm. um, with mm-hmm. my family. I just was feeling less and less present, and I want to continue to be able to be the mother that I um, that I want to be for her, and also I want to show up for myself. And I couldn't yeah. do that, and all the ways that I normally look after myself weren't weren't helping, and I could see that. So um, yeah, it was a big decision to step away. But as you said, seasons. Uh, it's a season in my life and acceptance is hard. I am getting better at it in some ways, but accepting that this is where I am right now and acknowledging what I have done, actually. I'm ve- I'm not very good at acknowledging what I have done and, and, all, and thinking that it's never enough and actually talking to people when I've sort of started, started to step away and saying, oh my God, you've done all these things and really sort of taking some time to celebrate that. I think we don't talk about that internal struggle often enough. When matrescence activates something in us, when motherhood activates something in us, and we, it's like the two parts of ourselves of the inner split, right? The part of us that is the ambitious, focused, change maker, ready to go, she, she's good to go. She doesn't need sleep. She doesn't need that self-care. <laughs> she's got like, she's got the business plan. She's got the podcast platform ready to go. She's got the Instagram account. We're good. But at the same time, just as equally, we are a mother healing and growing and grieving and becoming and we don't have a village and we don't have the support we need and we're still trying to catch our breath from the last three years and that internal split that internal battle is what I see daily and also I see in myself 
And so I really want to say to you, Sam, that um, I, I'm really grateful that you came on today for this conversation because I know when we talked about doing this a while ago, it was the business go version of Sam. And when you reached out to me and said, actually, I've decided to press pause, I said, brilliant, let's talk about that. Because this is another version of us breaking up with a successful woman. You know, we talk a lot on this podcast about the good mother and how we feel like we need to be this perfect mother. But there's also this definition of the successful woman that says you started something, you need to finish it. You had a plan, you need to keep going. And that's what you're showing and, and, and demonstrating. And that's not, that's, that's not an easy thing to say to the world. So I really am incredibly grateful for you. Thank you. Um, I mean, I am a very transparent, authentic person. And that's one of my, you know, they're two of my values. And, and I think that was a big part of my early motherhood journey where I wanted to, I didn't have the language necessarily to explain how I was feeling, but I was very, you can see it in my face if I'm not feeling good or, or I want to talk about these things. So it's kind of in my nature to say, oh, you know what? So, but sometimes I do censor myself because not everybody's ready for those conversations. Um, mm. Some people say they're too deep. So that is part of my nature to do that. And I just, I want other people to know that it's not a, a, a shiny um, a route to, to you know, if, you, if you're doing your business or whatever it may be, that it's there's going to be bumps and twists and turns and going backwards and, and all of that. So... Um... Well, it's not linear yeah exactly mm. we think that don't we? we think this is our life we're children teenagers you know and you're kind of mm. just continuing on in this and, and it really isn't like that and learning um relearning about life really you know that's kind of sounds maybe crazy to say that but since i have my daughter i feel like i've really completely changed the way that i i see the world and obviously that's that is part of adolescence but i have completely changed the way that I see life. Um, and That's it. And sure. what if this whole experience has been about you learning how to role model this? You mm. awakening something in you, going full throttle with it, doing what you can, but then also recognising what's happening in your body again and stepping back. And so when you step forward again, you're a role model for the women who are also struggling with this back and forth. I think that's, we talk about it so much, don't we? That, you know, we have to be the examples of breaking up with that idea of the good mother and the successful woman. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I feel uncomfortable when people say being a role model for others, but that's uh, <laughs> that's mindset, isn't yeah, it? Um, I get that, um, I get that. Yeah, but when I think of role model, I think of my daughter and I always know there's mm. that little pair of eyes watching me, watching what I do. And I say this to coaching clients and friends, and that this is always one of the most powerful things. I think sometimes as women, we can't do the things for ourselves. And okay, that takes time and maybe we, we, we are working on that. But if you can't do it for yourself in that moment, think, who's that little person watching, or little people, or you know, not even so little, who are the people watching you with their eyes? They're watching you and learning from you and, and that's always really present with me and that Luna sees how I am dealing with things um, 
and I, I just want to add in here that Amy as you know we lost a baby last year Rose but grief has played a big part of our lives for the past 18 months um, and th- that on top of being a woman and a mother and, and having a job or, or you know running a household or whatever it may be recognizing that whatever we have been through if we don't give ourselves time to allow ourselves to deal with that it will deal with it for us as in and I think uh the grief also played a big part in it I can't say for sure but you know we we, yeah, we can't always unpick it in a, in a perfect way but um that for me was was also a big part of it I think you were able to recognize that and see that you needed to take care of yourself first again sure because who else is going to take care of me you know we have people around us taking care of us but if we can't take care of ourselves and really sometimes I was talking to a friend the other day and I said I'm stepping back from my business you know I was feeling you know there was anxiety coming up and she said to me how how are you taking care of yourself what are you doing and I said actually sometimes really simple things that we need to do to almost get back to basics but the basics we we skim over because they're kind of like not outstanding things they're not exceptional things they're getting good quality sleep resting space mentally um and physically obviously eating well moving our bodies meditation is a really big one for me and i also see a counselor i've gone back to see my counselor because i process things through talking verbally processing um but these things aren't you know going on obviously things like retreats and things are wonderful and beautiful but it's you know it's not spa days or it's not anything like that it's really really fundamentals of living going in for i live in a beautiful part of uh, essex in epping forest going in the forest even just for short walks just listening listening what's around me and, and i i i just want to say that it's you know it's not the exceptional things to do that that get us back on track and living and and for me i like to have projects and i like to be doing things but I have to have had to really change my mindset on doing. I'm like, oh no, I'm not doing that. I can have more. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> we do less, and it's okay to do less. Um, yeah. That's a repro- reprogramming that I've had to go through. <clears throat> Sam, thank you for your divine vulnerability and honesty. What I really want this podcast to be able to do is, yes, bring, you know, the authors, the experts, the people that have researched and studied and know the answers. But I also want to completely normalise what it looks like to be in the process of finding yourself through this. And that's exactly what this conversation has been for everyone who's listening i know that they will feel the same this is a divine example of matrescence in motion it is the struggles of the beginnings of motherhood and not knowing what was happening the process of finding this answer and how that transformed things and then this awakening of I need to do something. I want to be a part of the change. It's the, like you said, it's the from me to we. What am I going to do in the world that's going to make it different for my daughter? And then also still acknowledging that, wait, hang on a second. I've got my own healing, grieving to do. And that's the beautiful messiness of this whole experience. So thank you 
for just being you in this conversation. It was spectacular. Oh, it was my absolute pleasure to be here. And as I, I even through this conversation, I hope that um, other mothers will know that they're not alone and they're not. There's nothing wrong with them, and um, you you need to, you'll find your village and take it from there. And take it from there one day at a time and follow that passion if you feel like you're doing it today and creating an empire today great but if tomorrow you change your mind that's okay too absolutely yeah changing <laughs> your mind is good <laughs> yeah sam thank you so much thank you beautiful thank you so much for having me it's been amazing Thank you for being a part of this conversation, Mama. We change the way mothers are valued and seen in our society and our world by bringing these conversations to light and spreading the whispers of matrescence. And so I ask you to be a part of this movement now. Speak to others around you about matrescence, about your experience of motherhood. Let's bring it to light together. To find out more about matrescence, go to amytaylorkabaz.com forward slash matrescence and receive your free ebook, The Matrescence Map, so you can understand it even deeper. Thank you for being a part of this. Until next week, Satnap. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.